Oh, let's continue to love him, shall we? Father God, I praise you. Oh, Lord, I worship thee and I need thee, oh, Lord. Oh, great and mighty God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are holy and you are mighty, dear God, you are mighty. And I bless your great and holy and wonderful name. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Blessed be the Lord my God. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a Bible this morning, and I'm very glad to see each and every one. And uh, things are very different when you have God's great eternal salvation. And it is termed in the Bible, quote unquote, eternal salvation. This isn't just for a, a day or a week or a month. Many times people uh, suffer a little delusion when they take vacation. You know, and they leave all the responsibilities behind and for a week or whatever, they're free of all of that and it's vacation. And so they'll say, well, I want to move here, man. I want to be here. Thinking that if they move, that it will be an eternal vacation. But that doesn't work, does it? Uh, come right back to you. Got to have a place to live. Got to have food to eat. Got to have, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and so, comes back to you. Got to get an income. Got to get a job. And all the reality sets in, I'm trying to say. And, you know, it's, it's like if you have a toothache and you're on this side of the sanctuary and you move over to this side. Nothing's changed. Just location. <laughs> Still got the toothache. Still got the problem. So, uh. I'm glad for this great eternal salvation that takes care of the problem, takes care of it. God has a way of working everything out in us. He knows that's where it's, the problem is at. It's in us. And he wants to correct that. He wants to take care of your old sore tooth or whatever it might be. I told you about the preacher. I know I got you standing. Forgive me. But I, I told you about the preacher that um, he was... He was rough as a cop. He was a John the Baptist type preacher. And um, the Lord had him to go and preach a revival. He was out in the country, you know. This was way back in the day, probably in the 30s. And uh, he, he was having a great revival. God was blessing everywhere. People were getting the Holy Ghost, and they were getting baptized in Jesus' name, and people were being healed. And uh, devils were being casted out. Lives were being set free. It was just marvelous what was taking place. And so uh, the preacher developed a toothache. So he went and sat down under a tree. And he, he said, now God, he said, you sent me out here to preach revival. He said, now you go and give me a toothache. So the Lord said to him, said, yeah, well, everybody down there at the revival saying, you did this, and you did that, and you did the other. Called his name. And he said, all right, God. So I go down there, straighten that out. He said, you take care of this toothache? The Lord said, yes, I will. <laughs> he went down, straightened everybody out. He said, I didn't do that, and I didn't do that, and I didn't. He said, God did that. God did that. Give all the glory to God. And so he straightened it all out, and he went back under the tree, <laughs> and God healed his toothache. So I'm trying to tell you, God knows where the problem's at, and he knows why there's a problem. He knows why there's a problem. 
Okay, you got a Bible this morning. Let's get to it so you can sit down. I know you'll be happy about that. But that's the good thing about standing, you know, it. when you get to sit, you'll feel good about it. I'm turning to the book of, of Exodus. Exodus chapter 32. All right. And of course, that's the second book of the Bible. Genesis being the first one. Exodus being the second one. And uh, so here we are. Exodus chapter 32. Verse 25 and 26. Verses 25 and 26. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him or unto Moses. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I simply want to preach for a little while on who's on the Lord's side. Who's on the Lord's side. You may be seated. God bless you. Now, you know, everybody wants to claim that they're on the Lord's side. Everybody wants to claim that. Just like everybody wants to say they're saved. Just like everybody wants to say they're going to heaven. All right. But there was you notice something needed to take place here. And it did. And that is that people got up from where they were at and they made a visible, definite movement in a very specific direction. The Bible teaches that they gathered themselves unto the leader, unto Moses. They went right over there, and they made it crystal clear. It's like Moses made a line down through the middle of the camp, and Moses was on one side, and he was standing in the, the door of the church house, the tabernacle, the church in the wilderness, congregation in the wilderness, church house in the wilderness. And... Uh, they came, they got up and they came. They made a visible demonstration that this is where I am. I'm, I'm standing with him. I don't want there to be any confusion. You know, the Bible teaches that there was above 500. Pretty good number. And they were... They were all together, and Jesus has given his life on the cross. He has given up the ghost, meaning the spirit withdrew from that body. And among his last words, along with Father, that's a, a prayer to the spirit. Just like you pray, so his flesh voiced. And said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A spirit can confuse a mind to the point that a person doesn't know what they're doing, how they're acting, what messages and signals and body language is coming off of them. 
they're just blinded to it. The Bible tells you in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 that the God, small g, lowercase g, of this world, that would be Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the fallen one, that he blinds the minds. You know, you, you really see with your mind, you know that, right? The eye is just an, a light gatherer. It takes it in like a projector, you might say, and puts it on the screen of your mind. And uh, he, he blinds you. The Bible teaches he blinds the minds. He said less than any time that you would recognize the glory that shines in the face of leadership in the church. He doesn't want you to see that. He wants you to be in darkness. The enemy does. He wants you to be in darkness. He wants you to be blinded to all the good things that God has in store. He doesn't want you to be able to see past the end of your nose, so to speak. One place in the scripture said that the princes of this world, if they had known, then they never would have done what they did. Well, hell is going to be full of people. Had they known. But that's, that's the other sad part of it, isn't it? Because there's going to be a lot of people in hell that did know. And that's why the Bible said it would be better not to have known than to turn, to know and to turn from that holy commandment. Because in hell, people are going to have their five senses. And that memory, that sense of memory is going to beat them with many stripes, the Bible said. Many stripes. Many stripes. You know, under the law, you could only be beaten. I shouldn't say only. <laughs> but anyway, a person could be beaten with 39 stripes. Just short of 40. 39 stripes. And, uh, but there's no restriction in hell. There's no such restriction. Because there's not going to be really any law in hell. It's going to be the place of iniquity, isn't it? place of lawlessness. And uh, so he said it'd be better not to have known than to know. Those are the ones that, you know, the Bible did use the terminology most miserable. Said I would be of all men most miserable. The thing I find about people that are miserable, that they have that a spirit upon them and they're miserable. They want everybody else to be miserable. They don't want to go down alone. They want to, they want to drag everybody they can drag right with them. Hmm. And let me tell you, the spirit that works on people like that their target is not the uninitiated. It's not the ones that are 
not yet born again. It's the ones that know. It's the ones that have this experience. It's the ones that truly have the anointing of God in their life. That's who the devil wants. You better hear me now. Moses basically threw down a line right in the middle of the desert. And he said, who's on the Lord? Who's going to make a, a visible declaration? Did you ever read Psalm 19? It said, the heavens declare the glory of God. That day unto day, the heavens are just shouting out that there's a God. And yet, we got people that are fools. There's only a fool says there's no God. Well, only a fool says that. In the face of all of that witness, oh, I was telling my wife yesterday after the funeral, and I said, look how beautiful the sky is. It was easy to say that in that air-conditioned vehicle. <laughs> I appreciate that blue sky when I'm outside, too, but, you know, I could appreciate a little bit more with that nice, cool air coming right on me right about then. But, oh, that sky was beautiful, just beautiful. And the sun just shining. Once again, very nice to appreciate that in that air conditioning. You know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you get into the apex of the day, and the sun is, yeah, I can feel Brother Enrique right now. <laughs> You've seen the past, I wasn't feeling that it was so beautiful. <laughs> Oh, when you're out there, friend, in the heat of the day. Oh, brother. But um, I could appreciate at the moment the beauty of God's creation. And uh, some people, they ignore that. They ignore the sun, the moon, and the stars. That God told Abraham, said, hey, you start counting the stars. Let me know when you get the number. And uh, when you get done with that, then there's the sand by the seashore. Count that. Why did God tell me to do it? Because God said, that's the kind of blessings I'm going to give you. You be obedient to me. He said, I'm going to bless you. Whew. I'm trying to tell you, you can get these great blessings of God coming your way. And you don't want to take them for granted. You don't want to find yourself on the other side of the line. When they, Jesus had given those last words and Father forgive them for they know not what they do and, and then he cried, my God, my God. Why well, have to The flesh just crying out in agony. And uh, the spirit withdrew from him. He tasted death for every man. Three days later, he rose from death. Three days, 72 hours. Oh, friend, everything went like clockwork. Like clockwork. I saw Tom do that the other day. Get little Tamiya's attention. She looked at him. She went right back to what she was doing. I said, oh, it gets better, Tom. Just wait till she's 16. Does that. <laughs> oh, brother. But anyway. Everything like clockwork. And uh, the fool just tries to tell everybody there's no God. 
the infidel and the atheist and the agnostic try to tell us there's no God. But you know what? For those of us that have tasted that the Lord is good and of the powers of the world to come, that we've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it come too late to tell us. It come, what's too late? We've, we've already experienced it for ourselves. And when they found themselves in the Mount of Olives, a place called Bethany, Jesus has risen from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He's got the keys on his belt. He's got the keys. And uh, he's already been to hell and back. He's already preached the gospel to them that waited, long-suffering God in the days of Noah. He's taking care of business. He's still taking care of business right now. <laughs> and uh, led them out as far as Bethany, telling them, receive ye the Holy Ghost, that repentance and remission of sins, above 500 of them now, repentance and remission of sins, should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And that they had to wait for the promise of the Spirit, which saith he, you've heard of me, you're witnesses of these things. And about 120 made a visible show and a demonstration. They went straight across the line. They went to where the Lord was. They went to that upper room of the church house. They left 380 plus family, friends, co-workers, acquaintances, kinsmen near and far. They said, we're going. We're on the Lord's team. We're, we're going there. We're on the Lord's was very, very bold move that they made. There was no maybe so about it. There was no, nobody was left to wonder. They were saying, we're on the Lord's side. We're on the spiritual side. We're on the side of salvation. Brother, friend, when they gathered together into that upper room, now they had to pray, and they had to persevere, and they had to bring supplication. They had to battle through seven more days. And the 40 days that Jesus had showed himself alive with many infallible proofs added to the three days that he was in the heart of the earth after he died on the cross. That makes 43. And the Bible said in Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost, that's the 50th day, so 43 to 50, leave seven. Seven days. Persevering, fighting, struggling, praying, beseeching. And then when the day of Pentecost, the 50th day would fully come, God has purpose in everything, church family, because the 50th day 
is a Greek word for a Hebrew feast because the New Testament was written in a more common language at that time. They got away from Hebrew and Aramaic and even Latin, put it in Greek. And uh, so Pentecost, the 50th, the 50th day. It was the day of first fruits, the day of the feast of first fruits, the ingathering of the harvest, the beginning of the harvest. Somebody asked me this morning to explain to them about timing. So I explained it to them. And I told them the best remedy is to, the best course of action is to do it right away. Don't mess around. If you mess around, first thing you know, all the money's gone. And you didn't honor God. Take care of God first. That's why it's called first fruits. Hello. <laughs> There's a reason. Let God be first in your life. Make the church first in your life. Crossing the line to go on the Lord's side, make that first. Demonstrate that visibly, powerfully. Let, let that there be no doubt. Let all the world know. Let them know at your job. Let them know in your family circle. Let them know in your neighborhood. Let them know everywhere you go. I'm on the Lord's side. I serve the Lord. I don't want there to be any doubt about that. <laughs> what did it say in one place? Wherefore didst thou doubt? Ooh, I don't want any doubt about that. You can have doubt about me about some other things, but not that one. I want that to be crystal clear. I'm on the Lord's side. Being on the Lord's side, now that's a commitment to some things. That's not just saying. You know, that's, that's not just something you, what, what's the word, blase? It's just very whatever. Type thing. Just matter of factly. It's not that way at all. This is commitment. This is this is a solidness. This is true. One place in the scripture they said, We be true men. Well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out about that. That's going to be proven out. Prove all things, the book says. Hold fast to that which is Mm -hmm. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Man, they got up like one big army, like one big company. They just stepped right up. It was a movement, a powerful exhibit of where they stood. Today is Father's Day. Today is Father's Day. I'm glad that there's a day to celebrate Mother's Day, and I'm glad there's a day celebrate Father's Day. Because you know what? Children need that. Children need that. They need that. Because the enemy wants to destroy the family unit. And he's doing a pretty good job of that in this world that's his, that he claims that he is trying to steal everything and corrupt everything and be against everything that the Creator created and set in order and motion. He wants to wreck that whole thing. The devil is the, is the bully that comes along in the seashore and you've built your sand castle and labored. And he just kicks it all over, stomps all over it. That, that's 
That's him. God's made this beautiful life for you. You step across the line and you declare. Isn't that the word that was used by Luke? The book of Luke? And he said he felt it was necessary to make that kind of declaration. The things that are most surely believed among us. There are things that in stepping across the line and adhering yourself that you're going to have stickability better than masking tape, better than what's duct tape, <laughs> better than Gorilla Glue. If you've got, you've got an experience with Jesus through him filling you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the glue that holds things together, friends. Amen. Amen. By him all things consist. This earth, this planet, God just hung it up there. Stars are where they are because God put them there. Everything is where God put them. And the enemy is setting out to destroy that. God set up a family. The enemy wants to destroy that. There were rules. Well, you know Satan rose up. I don't agree with that. And he's been saying that ever since. But he was saying it probably when he was zipping out of heaven but disagreeing with it all. Starting a war. <laughs> you know, if you keep on disagreeing, keep on disagreeing, after a while you're going to have a war. Yeah. It's going to be made very obvious. The word evident is in the Bible. Jesus Christ, who so evidently was crucified before, so obviously crucified before. It becomes very obvious, really, who is on the Lord. It really does become obvious. Because I'm telling you, there's, there's things that are rules and that those that are on the Lord's side, they adhere to those rules. They, one man, he, the sword, he fought so hard for God's church and God's work and God's program that the sword clave to his hand. Just clave to his hand. Close it up. They had to pry it open and then, <laughs> to get to the sword, to get the sword out of his hand. He just fought so hard and it gripped it so hard and fought for so long. And him and the sword became one. <laughs> yeah. Clave. Another place said for you to cleave to the Lord. What it said. You want to, you want to, there's a man out here after the funeral. And he, he came up to me outside and he, he said, I was touched. He said, I'm coming back. And all of a sudden he grabbed me in a bear hug. <laughs> I'm just going, Okay, brother, okay, brother. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm glad he got touched. I'm glad he felt, I'm glad he felt the presence of God. Let me tell you what. You get this experience. You get around, you wrap your arms around Jesus Christ like, like Jacob did that angel. 
You ever read that in the Bible? Jacob wrestled with that angel. <laughs> and it's about to be about to be daylight. I don't know. I guess there was a curfew for the angels. I don't know. But that angel said, Why are you ho- I got to go. It's almost daylight. Let me go. Imagine an angel begging to be let go. Which angels which are greater in power and might, the Bible says. <laughs> and Jacob said, Mm-mm. I'm not letting go to you bless me. Man, you want to get a grip on God here. You want to let God know you, you're stuck with me. I'm not going nowhere. I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> yeah, Lord. No amount of shaking is going to shake me off. You know? I'm going to cleave to you. I'm going to cleave to this truth. There's a lot of things that are going to go. A lot of things I'm going to, I'm going to turn loose of. There are things that you're taught in the Bible to turn loose of and to let go of. Okay? And they become, again, very visible manifestations or demonstrations of your commitment to being on the Lord's side. Yes, these things very often become outward manifestations. But remember something. Those things that show themselves outwardly are because something happened inwardly. Inwardly. First, the Bible said you clean up the inside of the cup. That's what Jesus said. First, you clean the inside of the cup. And brother, he gives you the Holy Ghost, and you started with repentance, and you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, there's a cleanup program going on. I don't know about you folks, but I, well, yes, I do know, especially about some of you folks. And uh, that, man, when we when we get ready around here to clean, friend, we got a team that knows how to clean. And if they don't do it just right, I promise you, Seaton says, Bell walks through the place, and if anybody can see dirt, she can see dirt. She can see dirt where nobody else sees dirt. It's hard to go to a restaurant with her. The truth. But that's all right, because when when we, our team needs to get into gear and get into action, friend, they do it. Yes, sir. We had a funeral here yesterday, and then people barely clay, went out the door and closed the door behind them. Team's in action. Getting everything ready, thinking about tomorrow Sunday. We have everything ready. We're not going to be clean here on Sunday morning. We want everything ready. Ready, 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 ready. Everything clean, ready to go, organized. Well, there's a, there's a, a, a cleanup committee, if you please, that comes into your heart when, when God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, he, and that's, the, that's the last of the crew because the first of the crew comes in through repentance. And, and you're, you're turning away from dirt and sin and filth and garbage. I read, I read a little something in the paper. It said um, there's some woman that is trying to be the head of an organization, and she's trying to pass herself off as being a certain race, and she's not. And they went back to her family, to her mom and dad, and they said, no, she's not of that race. And they said, and we will not participate 
in a lie. Hmm. You know, you say, well, I didn't lie. But you can participate in a lie. And that makes you a liar. You can get involved in a deception and a cover-up. If you want to be in a cover-up, then get a part of the church because we're covering up people all the time with the blood of the Lamb. That's the only covering that works, honey. Everything else will be swept away. Every refuge that people try to use, every deception that they try, Adam and Eve try to put on little fig leaves to cover their sinful nakedness. Think of the silliness of that. Don't you just love it because the Lord shows up and he's looking for the people that he created, looking for the people he loves, looking for the people that he's trying to put them over and give them dominion. And where have you been? Sounds like the preacher, where have you been? You know, I said somebody the other day, they, they, they were here yesterday, that's what it was. They were here yesterday and they said, um, I think it's, Who's, who's this? Somebody, Sister Joe, Auntie Levine, I think it is, right? And I said, she's giving me the big smile and telling me this, telling me that. And she's telling somebody, she said, yeah, I was baptized here. And I was standing right there, and I said, yes, and you need to come back here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, she smiled bigger, and, and yeah, I need, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, the Lord's like, where are you? Where are you? And uh, they're like, we're over here in the bushes. <laughs> Not like sheriffs, right? We're over here in the bushes. <laughs> and so, and so, what are you doing over in the bushes? So, well, we're naked. Who told you? Oh, boy, you know how you open your mouth just a little bit, and pretty soon you, you, it's all coming out. <laughs> just, it's all coming out. Yeah. I said, who told you? you have you done what you weren't supposed to do? Partaken of what you weren't? And they said, this couple said, we're not, we're not going to partake in it. We're not going to be any part of that. You don't want to be a part of the devil's plan. You don't want to be a part of the devil's lie. He's a liar and the father of it. Did you read about the guy that, beautiful young girl, in college, came from a nice home in a nice town and, and goes to a nice college. Just all these things fell in place because somebody was sacrificing to make it happen. And, but she worked with all of that sacrifice and she was a good student. Now she's in college. And she's fighting a spirit. Now she don't know anything about spirits, but that's what it was. She was extremely depressed. You know the devil can can put your hormones, if you please, out of out of balance. He can mess with everything. And he does. Yeah. Somebody uh, told me that uh, they said something to me about they were uh, refuting, they were refuting that you could be born a homosexual. And I said, oh, you can be born a homosexual. And they, I said, it's right in the Bible. Right in the Bible, Jesus made it very clear. He said, "You, you can, you. Some people are born that way." And he said, "And some people make themselves that way." 
You know, there are, there are children that are born with two brains. There are children that are born glued together, if you please, joining Siamese twins, right? There are, there are people that are born with all kinds of freaks of nature. Nature can be messed with by the enemy. You better believe it. He's the god of this world. And he's just strutting around doing his thing, making havoc. That's the Bible word. Yeah. All kinds of things. Now, you know, a person can have their hormones out of balance, but that don't mean they're practicing things. Okay? There's a difference. People refraining from certain things, even though that's their tendencies and their leanings and their battles. All right? But the point being that the enemy can mess with the balance of things. And this young girl was fighting depression and got online with some guy that was coaxing her through social media to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. Just walking her right through the whole thing. And she said on the thing, she said, they, they showed it, uh, I wonder what it would be like to just end it. And he answered back, nice. Oh, that don't just sound like Satan. He's such a liar. And they said they can't do nothing about this guy. They can't prosecute him because he didn't break any law. They said that what he did was immoral, but I mean, what's that, right? What's that? Well, you know, to us, immoral is a big thing because we serve God. And to be immoral in God's realm is sin, bad sin. Okay? So, you know, we're, we're, we're the people that are living on the side of the line that we're on the Lord's side. We're on the Lord's side. And when they declare, do you believe in God, we're going to be saying, yes. lady that was here and read the obituary, claimed to be a captain in the armed services, all of that. She call, kept calling me and kept calling me and kept calling me. And she said, well, you know, we haven't gotten an order of the service yet. I'm just uh, talked to the funeral director, and I, so I'm just calling to give you a, a reminder. And I said, okay, Captain. I said, the next time the general needs a reminder from a captain, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> Got kind of quiet on the other end of the line there, and I just simply said, you have a nice day now. But, you know. And, of course, the order of service was sitting right there in the middle of the lobby when they came in late. Everybody calling me on, on, on uh, Saturday morning, pushing up the, the time. And I said, well, I'm here. 11.30, I'm here. Funeral's supposed to be at 1. I'm here, 11.30. Nobody here, 11.30. 11.45, nobody here. 12 o'clock, nobody here. All the quarter 12 and 11.30 people got here at 1. 
That's when we were supposed to start. That's okay with me, though. Yeah, no problem. Because we took care of our end of things. You know? And God, I'm trying to tell you, is going to take care of his end of things. The church is going to take care of its end of things. And you can doubt, and you can, you know, make big things about nothing, much ado about nothing. But just remember, there's a line. You want to make sure you're on the right side of it. That's what matters. You want to make sure that you're baptized in Jesus and that you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to make sure that you're in the Spirit, not in the flesh. You know, Paul said, when I would do good, when I would be on the right side of the line declaring, he said, I find that there's something there that's trying to keep me from getting on that side of the line, staying on that side of the line. There's a, there's a resistance. There's a force. Hey, there is a devil, church man. Yeah, and he... That's, he wants to send a spirit your way. Didn't it happen with uh, the king, the two kings? And they were going to go out to battle. And the, the one king said to the other king, come and join in with me. Come be, come be with me. Go fight this battle. And uh, the other guy said, yeah, yeah, okay. He said, well, you know, we better, we better think about some spiritual guidance here. So they trotted out all their prophets, might as well say all their yes men, and they trotted them all out, and they told them how victorious they were going to, and even borrowed a football helmet, put it on, and said, with these you'll push the enemy together, oh, they've just put on a show, man, oh yeah, they put on a show, and so the king that joined in, he said, um, okay, Nice halftime show you got here, but, uh, you know, uh, have we got any any other voice here, any other prophet? And the king said, yeah, yeah, we got another one, but, you know, I don't like him because he never tells me what I want to hear. <laughs> That's what that translates out to. <laughs> he never does tell me what I want to hear. He's one of those guys that lives on the other side of the line. He's on the Lord. He's on the spiritual. He's not a yes man. Plays by the rules. God's rules. So, chapter and verse, subject matter. Yeah. So the king said, well, my life is at stake here. Go get him. Get him out here. So they, they go and send for the prophet. And they tell him. When they get and they go to him and they tell him, they said, now look, here's what's going on down there. Here's the lay of the land. And this is what all the prophets have told the king, so make sure you do it too. Put the pressure on them. And he said, I'll say what the Lord tells me to say or I won't say nothing. Let's get that straight. You said for me, you know what you're in store for. Down they go. Well, see, somewhere in there, God showed the prophet. He showed the prophet that 
And this is what the prophet told the king. When they first asked him, he said, oh, yeah, you'll be victorious. Yeah, everything will be fine. You do. And the king said, all right, quit playing with us. You, you tell us the truth. We're looking for a true man. You tell us the truth. He said, okay, here it is, gentlemen. Fasten your seatbelts. He said, I, I beheld the Lord. And he was speaking to the heavenly host. And he said, who shall go down and deceive Ahab the king for us? Who? And he said, and I beheld till the spirit came out and presented itself before the Lord and said, I'll go. And the Lord said, and how will you deceive the king? And he said, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouths of the prophets. That's how. And you know what the preacher got, the prophet got, for saying the truth, right? The other prophet stepped up, smacked him across the face. Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to thee? Oh, just so smart out yeah. But you know, the bottom line was the bottom line. The king overruled what, what the prophet said. He ignored it. Went right out there and got whooped. Yeah. Yeah. Had a big fall. What a sad thing. Didn't have to be that way. What did the book say? Had they known? Well, that's what I'm saying to you. Some people do know. Some people have been warned. Some people do know about the Lord's side. Some people have been educated. And oh, brother, they're the ones that are going to truly pay the price for all eternity. Because you know what? This is an eternal salvation. But this is also, for some, an eternal loss. Who's on the Lord's side? 120 stepped right out. Very smartly marched on down at an upper room and left in their in their wake, about 380 that had so much to say, so much criticism, didn't understand this, didn't like that. Why do we got to go there? You know, your Bible's just filled with subject matter. And, uh, you know, sometimes it just boils down to God putting, training you to be obedient. You know, Naaman said, Why well, I gotta go in this river? I got better rivers back over yonder I could go in. Why well, I gotta go this one? Well, the answer to that is do you want to get rid of your leprosy? If you want to get rid of your leprosy bad enough, you'll get baptized right here, right now in this river, because that's what the prophet said to do. How how great is your desire? To be on the Lord's side and to make heaven your eternal home. Surely, people are going to be 
lifting up their eyes in hell and torment and realizing that what I was fussing about didn't amount to nothing. And why? Yes, why? Because the Spirit comes out. And the Spirit says, I'm going to go down there and work. I'll cause confusion. I'll cause argument. I'll cause fighting and fussing. Oh, yeah. I'll bring up all kinds of questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll turn everything topsy-turvy. Oh. But there's going to be some people. There's going to be a church. There's a whole army of a church in, dead and in the grave waiting for the first resurrection. There's going to be those that are alive when the Lord comes with his people. And uh, they're going to be refusing to participate in the lie. When asked, they're going to speak the truth. No matter how much you smack them. And there's going to be a lot of smacking. We've got it very good right now. Even the Bible bears it out that men and women, families that went through the early days and labored in the heat of the day. And they got paid a penny, which was a day's wages. That's what that meant. And here came the ones at the end. In the last hour, and the ones from the early days said, hey, how come they getting paid just what we got paid? We're, we were the ones who went through it. They got it easy. They got cars. They got airplanes. They got good jobs and respect in the community. Nice buildings. Yeah, a lot of things. They get the same thing we get. And of course, the Lord said, well, it's mine to give. He said, because I'm good. You going to be upset about that? Don't be upset about that. There's no need to envy. There's no need to get jealous. God's going to take care. God's going to balance everything out. I told that person that asked me this morning about tithing, I said, you know, if you honor the Lord, if you honor the Lord with the first fruits, he said, you're going to get blessed. I practiced it all my spiritual life. I bought my, my clothes at the Goodwill. They didn't call it Goodwill. They called it the Red, White, Blue. I don't know why, but that was the name of the place down in Miami. Sister Reed knows. And uh, when I say, can I get a witness? Thank God the weeklies are here to say, yeah. It was, a, it was a red, white, and blue. That's where everybody went. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I traded in my ripped clothes for used, gently clothes. <laughs> I guess you call it, right? Gently used. <laughs> Should have kept them ripped clothes. They're probably worth a lot of money today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Who's willing to step out? 
from among the complainers. Step out from among those that are being influenced by bad spirits. Who's, who's man enough and woman enough, godly enough? Step out. Declare yourself. Show yourself that you're on the Lord's side. You're on the Lord's on the Lord's money. And you show, I'm telling you, by your adherence and your cleaving and your stickability to the things that the Word of God is being taught to you. The Word of God contains these things. You know, we try very hard here to bring subject matter, chapter and verse, bring you the best, the choicest of the meat. The strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, mature, so that we can, ladies, so you can be good squaws. You know what the squaw did, don't you? She chewed the food and then gave it to the baby. Yeah. So we got to break it on down to give it to the children. Yeah, we want the children to be brought up right. We want them to, to understand why we believe what we believe, why we do what we do. Yeah. So where are you going to draw the line at, by the way? Where are you going to draw the line at? How far are you going to go along with things? Hmm? Till you finally visualize the line. And you, you draw the line and say, ah, now I've gone as far as I'm prepared to go. You ask me to lean with you. Well, I've leaned as far as I'm going to lean. Because I'm, I'm on the Lord. At the end of the day, the bottom line, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm staying with truth. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost. It was all brand new to me. All brand new. We had family come down from New York. And, you know, they were all visioned themselves to be movers and shakers of the coming generation, and this is back in 1970, and uh, imagine that, boy, that's really way back. Hey, where were you in 1970? Who is this that darkeneth counsel with words without knowledge? Where were you when certain lines were put out? Certain battles were fought and won. Like somebody said, you're not zoned to be a school. So we looked up the records. The records showed that on November of 1980, we were by the city zone to be a school. And I said, well, don't be too harsh on the poor girl for being so ugly about it. I said, she wasn't born yet. Where were you? Where were you? Many things were hashed out, fought for, worked out before you ever got there. What you walk into, what you enjoy, remember, was built on the backs of some other people. Hard work and provision. Don't let some social media person talk you into committing spiritual suicide. Telling you to be nice. That's
Ain't going to be nothing nice about hell. Not going to be anything nice about it at all. There is nothing nice about the devil. And every sample of hell is not nice. Who's on the Lord's side? Who's willing to realize that being on the Lord's side, you're drawing the line? That you're, you're, you're drawing the line with the line that's already laid out. You're putting your mark on it. Maybe, that, maybe that's what we could call getting your star. You know what they do out there in Hollywood? People get their star, you know? They'll make a form and pour a little concrete, get a star, put their name in it. And it's going to break up. It's going to break up. It's going to deteriorate. It's not going to last. But you, the Bible says, if you're a part of those that are on the Lord's side, book of Daniel, that you're going to be like the stars that God created. You're going to shine. You're going to shine for all eternity. It's not going to be a temporary it's not going to be something that's going to pass away. Because everything that can be shaken, going to be shook and shaken. And it's going to leave what's on the Lord's side standing. Yes. The people that are on the Lord's side are going to stand. They're going to be there. Not just for a day, or a week, or a month, or a year, or a score of years. They're going to be there for all of eternity because he is the author of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. This isn't temporary. This isn't for, you don't want to just live for the moment. Okay? I think you should want more than a moment. I want you to know that God is offering you more than a moment. A moment goes by in a moment. <laughs> and it's gone. It's gone. You know, what they tell you is that the recurring dream is, you know, eat the ice cream or the cake, and then whoosh, rewinds and you're back doing it again. Whoosh, you're back, you do it again. But that's not exactly reality now, is it? Yeah, because we can't, we can't rewind our lives. You're passing through this but one time. You're getting a shot to get on the Lord's side. You need to recognize. The king that joined affinity with the other king, Ahab, I believe it was King Jehoshaphat, he, uh, he didn't properly evaluate. He asked for the right thing, and he got it. But he didn't hold to it. He didn't stick to it. He evidently really didn't believe it. Until they drew that arrow and shot him smack through. Well, he was a believer then. <laughs> he became a believer then. Yeah. One man went out with a remote in one hand and the words coming out of his mouth, I did it wrong, I did it wrong, I did it wrong. Well, 
Good thing we believe in the mercies of God. Hmm? Good thing there's people on the Lord's side that are pulling and praying. Trying to help people who are listening to voices that are saying, go ahead, it'll be nice. It's not going to be nice when you go on the other side of the line. We don't read about the 380. We don't read about the 70 that left. We don't read about them. But we're left to read about one to remind us. We read about Judas. Oh, we read about Judas. Now, who, who was Judas's accomplices? Who was his posse? Huh? He was, he was hooking up with some people. Yeah. He went out of, right from sitting down with the Lord, having something to eat, and the Lord giving him just the best, just treating him just Got right up from that dinner table, and Satan entered his heart, and he went out into the night looking for that opportunity. He was an opportunist. We're looking for that opportunity to betray everything that is on the Lord's side. He wanted to betray. Whether he recognized it or not, that's what it was. I mean, it is what it is. Hello. It is what it is. Somebody said, well, you got to do what you got to do. No, you don't. You got to do what he wants. You do what he wants. You die to the flesh. You die to this world. You die to the 380. You die to the social media. And the philosophies that's in your Bible, you grow up into him who is the head of all things. And that by him all things are held together. Because I'm going to tell you what, it's going to turn every which way loose when the heavens roll together as a scroll. And it's shaken like a fruit tree in an untimely season. And things start falling left and right. Mountains start moving out of their place. Yeah. Like I like to tell my Jamaican church family, when Jamaica's not there, you go to step and it's not there. Every island's going to be moved out of its place. But there's going to be that which is immovable. There's going to be that which is eternal. And you want to make sure you're on that side. You want to make sure you got your reserved seat. Didn't he say I'll go to make a place for you? You've got your own special place in the body of Christ. And you don't need to let Satan steal it from you. You don't need to let him steal it from you. By deception. And deception and lies is what he does. And you've got to say, mm -mm, I'm not going to be a part of a lie. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. You know, we used to have a saying, or maybe it was a saying, why lie? 
when you can tell the truth. Well, I'm afraid now it's why tell the truth when you can lie. People just don't think there's anything wrong. They have no conviction. You know, it's like, I think Tom asked me, you know, what a certain thing meant in the Bible. And I said, I believe it was reprobate. And I said, well, it's like when you set that iron down on that blouse and you go away, and, or shirt, and you go away and forget about it. And you come back and you pick it up and it's all scorched. It's all ruined. You can't fix it. It's gone. It's done. It's over. It's ruined. What the Bible uses the word marred? Marred. Beyond repair. Oh, yeah. People can keep overriding and overriding and overriding, and, you, and it, builds a, it builds a pattern in them, in their sight. And they start, they're doing something they may be not even aware that they're doing. The devil has just made his inroad, friend. But you see, when you get the Holy Ghost, that all changes. Only God can fix that scorched shirt or seared conscience. Only God can do it. That's why they can go to go all their little denominal places and shake all those hands. Like a young man told me, he said, Yeah, I've been there. He said, I went down to revival. He said, I went down to the altar. Yeah, I went with all of them stood around. Yeah, I did all that singing and stuff. Yeah, I did that. He said, But he said, I still drink the same brand. He said, I still smoke the same cigarette. He said, I, I still do the, thankfully he just said same things and he didn't get much more explicit with it. You know? Well, at least he was honest about that. He was just saying, there was no change affected in his life. But you see, that's the difference. Because the truth makes true people. The truth cleans you up on the inside. You know, God, he, he was the first heart surgeon. <laughs> Friend, he operates on the heart and he takes care of all of the filth and the garbage and the trash and the sin and he gives us such an innocence. It's such an experience to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? It's an experience that can call many names. As I look at you, Mercedes, it, it's quite an experience to get a renewing of the Holy Ghost. And you know, that's something we all need. We all need. You know, nice when you come out of that hot field and get a nice drink of water. You've been laboring. And in the heat of the day, you've been battling the forces of darkness and the social media and this and that and the other. That's how Sister Olga the Rock likes to say it, this and that and the other. <laughs> I've been around here a long time. But you know what? It'll, uh, you get that renewing, that refreshing. Even God was refreshed after creating the heavens and the earth. That's what your Bible says. I tried to get my scholarly son over here, Marvin, to, to give me that word. He couldn't give it to me. But that's what it said. God was refreshed. How beautiful. What an example he set forth. After you're laboring and you're working and you're 
fighting spirits. What did Paul say? After the manner of men, he said, I fought against the beasts, allow me, of Belglade. <laughs> well, he was in Ephesus and he dealt with Ephesus. I'm in Belglade, I deal with Belglade. All right? Oh, yeah, spirits to fight. Spirits that rise up. Now, look, you don't want to be on the side of the devil. You don't want to be on the side of the forces that are trying to tear up. You need to draw the line. You say, man, I've gone as far as I'm going. I ain't going any further. I'm not going to, I am not going to be a part of a lie. I'm not going to be a part of what's wrong. I told you, my family came down and they wanted us to go and they looked at me because I was the older one. I was 21 at that time. And they weren't, they were just barely getting up to 18. I don't think they even got there yet. Not that, you know, this crazy world we live in, boy, you're 18, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you're the main man, main woman. Really? Good. Go get a house. Go pay the rent. Go get a car. Pay the rent. Pay the insurance. Go do all those things. Show us how big and bad responsible you are when your birthday of 18 came around. No. You know what you're going to show us? You're going to show us how, how fast you can become a mama baby. That's what you're going to show us, you silly thing. You silly thing. We're trying to give you the best. We're trying to help you to grow up straight and tall and strong and godly. To be get a Father's Day when you really are a father and a husband. Not just a maker of babies. Babies need a mom and dad. Yeah. You're down on it. Yeah, well, I'm down on it. Yes. Because we love you. Because Jesus loves you. Because we want you to have the best. We want you to grow up straight and true and tall. We want you to be true to God. True to the leadership. True to the word of God. Who's on the Lord's side? You know, we, we should be jumping up. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm on the Lord's side. I don't, I don't want there to be any confusion about that. You know, they read in the Bible, it talked about he'll give them the line of confusion. Oh, I, I don't want to be in confusion. That's what I came out of. That's, that's why I'm watching people go back and do all the things that God delivered and saved us from. And, and, and generations are coming up claiming that they're in the church and they're doing all these things. You know, there are those among us that they believe if you lie, you don't have this. People with the Holy Ghost don't lie. Everybody said amen? amen. You know, lie means to deceive. Yeah. People get very slippery with their words. Very slippery. Very slippery. Yeah, they sure do. But I got to tell you, a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. Well, they say if it walks like it and it talks like it and it quacks like it, then it must be. <laughs> Everybody said amen? Yeah. I like truth. I love truth. I told my wife the other day, we, I read something again, but I've told you, you know, it has a way of just jumping up at you. 
And I, I read her about how that the little individual was bowed down ahead where the feet are. And Jesus called her to him. He proved out her desire. How badly do you want what you're asking of me? And she made her way over to him, which took a lot of effort. And he said, woman! I love that. <laughs> I read her that. I said, woman! She didn't think it was as funny as I did. He said, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Oh, that was marvelous. Amen. I'm glad Jesus knew how to treat the women the right way. We just want you to be treated right. Which means we're going to have to have some men raised up. Where are the fathers? It's Father's Day. Where are the fathers? You know, the Bible talked about men that knew what the church should do. That's what you're supposed to be being raised up to, men, to where you're filled with the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of God, where you're obedient and you're in rank and harmony and step so that you can be an example to the next generation. Even it said that the use the term that aged, I'll use the term senior, women would know how to be an example to the younger ones. That that's something that you could just pass on by way of example. And the men, same thing, could pass certain things on by way of example. Father's Day, we need examples to our next generation. We need examples. You need to be taught so that you can teach by example to those that are coming up. That they'll see, they will see how it is to be done. One of the most powerful teaching instruments is an example. An example. An example. You become an example of what we do who's on the Lord's side, and what we don't do, those who are on the other side. I tell you, I was here praying, and I made a phone call. After a while, I, I went to the phone, and I made a phone call, and I said, did we just didn't have it fixed in my mind. I said, and I wanted to be reassured. I said, did we baptize here this time? Brother Frank, the answer came back. Yes, sir, we did. Broke inside. I was just so happy. I was so relieved. And when we went to the hospital, a man sick unto death, a man that had no strength, in his physical frame. And when we laid hands on him, I promise you, he came straight up out of that bed to a sitting position and began to speak out and proclaim the wonderful works of God. What a beautiful confirmation. What a relief. 
to the pastor and leadership. And I tell you that if God <laughs> would let some people in hell see him, he'd be right in the arms of God. Who's on the Lord's side? And the ones down there are begging. Who's begging now? Isn't that what it said about Lazarus? He was a beggar. Who's begging now? Who's begging now? I, I, I imagine that the people in hell aren't complaining very much because he said if he could just dip his finger and touch his finger to the end of my parched tongue, for I am in torment. The complainers aren't complaining because they don't have any saliva to complain with. They're not arguing, splitting hairs. At some point, church family comes down to discerning the spirit of the argument and the situation. You know? Who's on the Lord's side? Well, in the final analysis, I'm glad to say that Brother Franklin's on the right side. He's on the Lord's side. And there's others that have gone through here that we delivered unto God. As one man said, and I believe it was Brother Shaw, he said he's been to two funerals here now. One when he wasn't a member, meaning born again, and one having this truth now. And he said, we do the best funerals. Well, we do the best funerals when we've got the best to work with. When we've got somebody that's baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that they stayed full of the Holy Ghost. They stayed saved on the Lord's side. I was glad to tell Houseful that the wording usually was, yes, Pastor. Yes, Pastor. No fight, no argument, no, no fuss. Just yes, Pastor. Yes, Pastor. Huh. Yeah. The folks on the wrong side? Oh, the arguing stopped. The fussing stopped. The complaining stopped. The opposition stopped. And the shoe is on the other foot because now it's not the one that is in the arms of God that's begging. But the angels took to the arms of God. That person's not begging. It's the one that gorged on this life gave themselves over to every horrible beast-like spirit and argued and complained and fussed and fumed and took bad attitudes. You know, people get enough of a spirit about them, the wrong spirit. Do you know, their, their countenance changes. Their whole visage changes. Because if you're in the spirit and you're, you're on the right side, you're on the Lord's side, he beautifies 
to meet with salvation. Beautifies those that yield to godly spiritual authority. Yes, sir. Anybody said amen? amen? Well, I'm in danger of going too long. So Sister Williams is coming and <laughs> she's going to rescue everybody. We did a, a, a wedding for one of the people that was here. And when the, the bride that had who was the bride back then, came in, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put it together. And I said, your face is so familiar to me. She said, well, you married me. You did the beautiful wedding. And I said, okay. I said, but you lost weight. I said, how'd you do that? She said, I'm working, I'm working. <laughs> well, anyway, my point was that uh, when we did that wedding, and for convenience sake, we did it at a building in West Palm. And uh, it was not at one of our buildings. And they rented it. And uh, we, uh, you know, there was a lot of people there that didn't have this truth. And uh, we were fighting against those opposing forces. You know, some people oppose the Lord's side. And some people are on the Lord's side. And uh, came time to, when I gave Sister Williams a signal to sing. And I want you to know the Holy Ghost came in that place. And I believe Brother Williams was sitting back there with Sister Sister Feld, and I was, of course, up at the Roxy. Williams was back over at the piano. Man, the Holy Ghost came in that place. You ever read where? where David would do the playing and the singing and the evil spirit would leave. Because an evil spirit would get on Saul. He'd, he'd get hateful. He's supposed to be the Lord's anointed. He's supposed to be one of the princes of Israel. And he'd wind up on the wrong side of the line. But you know, David had so much respect and love that he could have taken, he could have taken, God forgive me for not quitting, man. He would have taken, he would have taken Saul out. I remember my pastor, some, uh, some guy, some preacher, had been very ugly, very ugly, and done some very bad practices. And uh, my pastor had a dream about the guy. And he said, in the dream, he said the preacher was sitting in a saddle on a horse. And my pastor said in the dream, he was standing there looking up at the guy. And the guy's looking down at him, and he said, I know that you could have pulled me out of the saddle any time you wanted. David could have taken out Saul any time he wanted. He even sent back by one of the, one of the princes of Israel. He said, take this back to Saul. Ask him whose sword it is, and whose water container it is. Fine job of protecting your king you're doing. And I went right into your camp and right under your nose. 
I could have lopped his head right off. And you got to realize that, you know, they were looking at the guy that took down Goliath. <laughs> so they knew who they were talking to, you know. It wasn't dead in the first reader, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was David Slayer of ten thousands. Isn't that what they sang? But his love, his burden, seeing the big picture, he didn't want to take out Saul. He wanted Saul to live. Even to the point that he, I'm not, I don't want to compete with you. I could whoop you. <laughs> I could whoop you. But I, I don't want to compete with you. I don't want to. I don't, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm trying to hold you up. Wanting the best for you. The very best. Moses wasn't the enemy. Moses said, who's ever on the Lord's side, you come on over. And you're welcome. Come on over. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Let's get agreeable. Let's, let's get in the spirit. Let's get saved and stay saved. What you say? Let's go to heaven. Let's go to heaven, Belglade. All right, let's go to heaven. Let everybody look up and see you in the arms of the Heavenly Father. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You won't be on the Lord's side. The Bible said over and over, in that day, in that day, well, you know, after a while, if you set a, my pastor used to always say, if you set a date, after a while it'll roll around. Well, God's word said in that day, over and over and over again. Well, that day is going to roll around, church family. It's going to happen. And you want to be, you want to be on the Lord's side. You want to declare yourself. Which means you've got to deny yourself some things. You've got to put this flesh under your feet and under the blood. Because woe to them that cover with a covering that's not of my spirit. That just isn't going to work. That's going to be swept away. When that death angel came through Egypt, friend, there wasn't nothing that stopped him but the blood of the Lamb. You hear me? He didn't pay, uh, it didn't matter how much money, how many gold bars. It didn't matter about any of those things. You hear me? It was the blood of the Lamb that stopped him from going into that house. Let's stand together. God love your heart. Well, it's Father's Day, so I'm entitled to an extra 30 minutes, right? Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Well, you know, I, they say, how's Father's Day? I say, I'm working. <laughs> That's what I did on Father's Day. I was working. All right. Everybody said hallelujah. I'll tell you what. We'll do two things at once. Uh, everybody said God bless the offering. In Jesus' name.
Come on now. 